Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dion Brown, and you are listening to Man Versus Brand. I want to talk to you a bit about the uh, the entryway, or entryways rather, into things, right? So, um, as I sit today, I sit in a world that has way more points of entry than it did at any other point in my life. Uh, right now, uh, there are options to work from home, um, to be your own economy, um, to be hybrid in the way that you create revenue, uh, to enter into industries that had uh, much more of a rigor in terms of what was necessary. Uh, some of it, I think, is to the benefit of the world and the organization, industry, business itself. Some, maybe not so much, right? I think that like in spaces such as, I don't know, home flipping, real estate investment, there might be a little too many people that are buying for your attention, that are telling you that it only takes six months of your attention for you to become a millionaire in that space. And while I do believe in equity when it comes to making money, changing your life, improving the future of yourself and your kids, I don't know if six months is gonna get you to that million dollar point, not if all things are equal. So then we come to the, the opportunities that possibly are beneficial for you where um, leveling the playing field is going to be something that will allow you to access opportunity, resource, and wealth. Content creation is one of those spaces right now where I think that uh, there are um, companies, individuals, workshops, um, tutorials online that can help to empower you in order to really become a player in that space. Now, much like bartending, you can have the recipes, but not necessarily have that thing that connects to an individual in order for you to become successful at it, right? Some of it is personality. Other parts are logistics, right? Like, do you know how to get something uploaded? Do you know how to share that thing? Do you know um, how to uh, dialogue with your audience in a way that allows them to feel like they are connected to you in some intimate way? Now, the thing about it is, is that for some of you that's listening, this is going to feel completely natural. You were born in a space where uh, content creation on spaces such as uh, YouTube and Twitch and more uh, recently uh, apps like Bego just seem like, hey, I display my personality, I have a skill set and people pay me for it. But if you were born in an era where that might be before then, or if you were introduced a bit later into this idea of content creation as a model of making uh, uh, a way in the world, then maybe it's a bit harder. Maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe the YouTube videos just aren't connecting with you and you need a little support. For all the folks that exist in that space, this might be a great episode for you to listen in on. Uh, I'm going to be talking about what it takes 
to be supported by a platform and a team that can empower you to ultimately create and be paid for or monetize through the content that you make. Now, what I will say is that this will not be an episode that's gonna feel like a tutorial. It's gonna feel like a, what is your purpose? Why are you doing this? Should you invest in it? And if so, here may be some really great tips and methods through which you can actualize that dream. If you want something that's a little bit more like, go to uh, your app store, find your camera lens, download it, then uh, please click uh, the link in the description. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, that's a YouTube thing. All right, if that's what you're looking for, this may not be the place for you, but there may be some really cool recommendations on where you can get that type of stuff, right? Who knows? That's the beauty of podcasting. You never quite know where the episode will go, but you definitely will feel good once it's over. All right, so I'm gonna have that conversation in five, four, three, two, one. One of the greatest philosophers of our time once said that when it's up, then it's stuck. Find out how to make your next big idea stick with Dion Brown and his podcast. With 20 years of experience in growing and managing businesses and brands at the highest level, Dion is having the conversations that you are looking for. Welcome and have a great time. All right, so I have Derek Gorthy on the line with me. Now, Derek's with Enshrine. He's one of the co-founders and he is in the empowerment of content creation. Specifically, we've talked about uh, a more kinetic form of content creation, right? So you're streaming, uh, you're video game playing, right? You're doing some activity that people are really connecting to you on. If you plan on just uploading uh, the, the meal that you created as a finished product, may not be for you, might be for you. We'll figure out if Derek believes that. So we're gonna start that. All right, Derek, why don't you say hello to the audience? Awesome. Thank you so much for the intro, Dion. I honestly don't know if I can do better than that, but hey, I can definitely try. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell them a little bit about you and what you're doing over there at Enchart? Yeah, for sure. So I am a uh, I am a lifelong entrepreneur. I've been starting businesses since I was, you know, 15 years old, trying to flip like you know, pre-owned cell phones on Craigslist stuff that that like a dumb high schooler could kind of wrap their heads around um, and have been, you know, kind of through the ringer learning some of the basic stuff and and have been working on for what's now been like uh, almost 15, 16 months at this point. Uh, the platform and shrine like you introduced, uh, I'll, I'll give the high level. I know that we talked about this before. I'll do like the 22nd sort of what we do if you were to look at like our website on the corporate side but i think the more valuable you know piece to your listeners is going to be exactly like you said the the why like why are you here why are you doing this what are you looking to get out of this um so enshrine is a web3 uh community engagement platform we are basically just looking to directly connect content creators you kind of said streamers people that are cooking food, taking pictures of their meals, if that's your content creation, you know, bloggers, if you're on YouTube, anything like that, uh, directly with their community. And again, that that Web3 piece there is really not just uh, it, the buzzword. It's kind of how we're approaching that and trying to accomplish uh, some of the things that we set out to. All right. So three things I want to ask you about 
your introduction to the audience. First is lifelong entrepreneur. How long have you been really going at? You said you started at 15, didn't really give an approximate age for where you are now. So is this like <laughs> a 15 year endeavor, a 10 year endeavor? Like how long have you really been pursuing entrepreneurship? Yeah, right around 10 years. 10 years, all right, perfect. Yeah. All right, the second question is, is um, so, so you're developing this platform uh, for content creators. You said you've been at it for about 15, 16 months, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, when do you, you know, what month do you think you'll feel like you have iterated something that is going to be uh, far-reaching and widely useful for almost any type of content creator? Yeah, widely useful. I'd, I'd love to say soon. Honestly, I couldn't tell you that. I, I think I think how we're we're looking to launch end of September, early to mid October, somewhere around there. You know, early fall. Uh, we build the platform with every type of content creation in mind. We're a small team of six. We don't have that kind of that reach, right? That breadth that you would need from like a very large company. Um, but at least the basic, you know, the basic platform that would allow someone to kind of turnkey, get something done in the web three space with, and and we can go into like our, our integration approach if you want later on. Um, but something turnkey from there that doesn't require any real technical experience, um, within the next, you know, month or two. So, so really, I guess what I'm asking, and I may have not phrased this correctly, um, is when you launch, are you launching in beta? Like, are you launching for a small group or a very specific um, types of content? Or are you, are you launching in mass and then whoever you reach through podcasting or through yeah, advertisement, yeah. they'll just come on the platform and figure it out and figure out how they can use their content um, in and integrate the platform in order to get a larger reach or monetization or whatever the, the end goal that they have uh, would be? Yeah, for sure. So exactly like you said, we're going to launch with beta with a, uh, we're calling it our creator uh, or day one creator program. So basically uh, a beta launch on the creator side, on the actual, you know, the supporter side, that's going to be completely open, obviously with the restrictions of um, like what countries you can't do business with. But that would be completely open. Uh, we decided to do the smaller group of content creators, mostly for content moderation. You know, okay. we're in the Web3 space. So, I mean, Facebook has a team of, I don't know how many, tens of thousands of people reviewing content right every day. Yep. We are not at that scale. And we also have the issue that they do not have that once we write some kind of content out to these Web3 technologies, right, that's there. Uh, we can delete it on our site, but that it, it's there. We can't do anything about it. We can't take it down. So we almost have to do more vetting of any content that we allow people to publish out and sell uh, than your traditional you know, social media platform or like a YouTube would have to do. All right. So then back to my original question. Now that we have <laughs> context for it, when do you feel like this thing will be able to get out mass? Like, are you looking yeah. so starting in September with this smaller community, right? Yeah. Um, when, when, when would you like, right, for it to be open and available to, to anyone? Yeah, on for sure. Creator, on the creator side. 
Yeah, for sure. On the creator side. So every startup is going to have a roadmap. Those dates are, you know, they're an estimate, right? There's always going to be something in flux there. We have that down on our roadmap for six months after launch. Okay. So what would that put us at early spring? Yeah, like sort of around there. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Um, and, and what, you know, what do you, outside of content moderation, what do you hope to learn with this starting community? Yeah, for sure. We are kind of in a new space with what we're trying to do. Like there's no real platform that we, you know, look at and say, you know, we're basically just trying to do this, but with a different feature set, like it is very new. Um, I would say Patreon is probably the closest, but we want to be, uh, we, we kind of have this thing internally that we say, it's like, we want to be by creators for creators. And so we, you know, the software development, right? The business team, I'm not a full-time content creator. So we want that feedback from that core set of early users, those early creators to kind of drive what other features that we have. So, you know, it's going to be a learning process, right? But between there and the six months, we will have dozens of ideas for them to choose from. But we want to put out whatever is like the highest impact first, what's going to have the biggest impact on how they are conducting business as a content creator. Cool. Now, what about uh, for the supporter side? So what, what, what features, what, what engagement levels will they be able to have in order to connect with the content creators that they really love yeah for sure on and and on on the supporter side that's you know we don't have any kind of limits day one on that that's going to be completely open if you want to support a creator on our platform totally open the developments that we have there are kind of in tandem with the developments that you'd have with the creator like they they really go hand in hand um and it's mostly these I, I don't want to keep using the term like integrations broadly used because I think it's kind of like a buzzy term. Uh, but, you know, the the sort of the the product that we're putting out on our platform is a way to kind of connect different types of platforms together, which, again, is extremely vague. It might be more helpful to go into like an example of how maybe you as a content creator could use it. And we can kind of take that through step by step. Okay. All right. Um, but wait, we're, but we're talking about the sure. supporter side. So yeah. yeah. You, okay. So so I'm a content creator in this in this situation setup. Mm-hmm. I'm a content creator, and um, I'm gonna you're gonna walk me through how the platform could be utilized for my content. Sure. All right. Cool. Okay. I'll go for that, and and that will get us to um, an answer that yes, absolutely it'll tie in boring <laughs> this idea will land us there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, I'm all about a plan landing. All right. Sure. So um, so go. What do, what do you need to know about me first? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you have a podcast, right? I imagine you have some kind of a community that you are, you know, talking with. They'll give you feedback on episodes. I'd imagine you have something there. Do you have like a a Facebook group or like a Discord server or something like that that you use for your community? So I don't yet. So I have okay. a Discord. Um, my Discord uh, is geared toward entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, and uh, sharing information. Sure. Uh, I haven't uh, migrated those individuals to 
um, to, to the podcast only because um, they support anyway. And I didn't want to sort of introduce two content. Like one is yeah. an organic group of individuals. Right. And, right. and this is all, almost like kind of like become in a subcommittee, like a sub community to talk mm-hmm. about the podcast. So I haven't, but it's something that I've been debating and debating, like how would that work yeah. where, without cannibalizing? Right. So where do you, where you have two different community ideas, right. But the same community members, right. How do you, you integrate them both yeah. so that these two um, bodies that uh, would easily associate with the same idea, uh, mm-hmm. but in essence are just two different completely two different concepts yeah and it's not there's not i would say like a one-size-fits-all answer because i definitely have servers where there's a big overlap in the number of people there but the subject is very different and so i i think the trend is kind of keep you know the server itself it's the same thing that you would do with the facebook group like typically the theme is whatever the facebook group is named and then there's rules saying talk about this and don't talk about this i think it translates over to discord but I have also seen where you could have just a massive Discord server and really use roles on Discord to kind of grant access to different channels so that you could kind of choose your own adventure as a person on that server yep. and be able to take part in like one or many experiences. I've seen it done both ways. I think the second way is more complex, yep. right? Because you have to do rule management and server management a lot more to make it not you know, confusing. Um, but at the same time, you have them all in one place. So there's there's that benefit, too. I mean, to me and, and audience, you know, you you definitely um, understand this. I hope if not, then um, we should have a separate conversation about this. But it's all about leverage. Like, I don't want the, the reason why I haven't done it is because mm-hmm. I'm not the best person for it. Right. Sure. So what I'm doing is figuring out who that person is that will be passionate, that will have some level of ownership, right? And that yeah. um, that closely aligns with, with what I ultimately want in terms of value for the community. Yeah. Right? And then and then I'm gonna empower that person to do it. Right. And so yeah, in a absolutely. Way, it's like a, until I find that person, right? Because if I do it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bleep it all up, right? I'm gonna bleep <laughs> it all up because because I'm also focused in other things, right? I'm, I'm also because um, as the own, as the owner of the server, right? I, I just want to make sure that I'm not creating a space that feels like self advertisement, mm-hmm. right? Like, Absolutely. That, that's not what I want to do. And some people are some people. That's what they want, right? But yeah. that's not how the community was formed. And I feel like then shifting it, I'm changing what I'm saying the value system and the mission of it is. Yeah, right? 100%. I don't want to sort of do that unilaterally just because I can, right? So figuring out the right person to sort of support in that. But so so let's talk about this, right? So sure. let's say we're talking about my initial community um, mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs for whom um, articles go out to, um, videos are uploaded specifically for, um, they're led to certain workshops that they can attend. Um, yeah. how, how, how is your... Um, platform going to support me? Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, th- this is, this is actually interesting. So the goal is not to sell like a course, right? It's not to sell some level of access to you, Dion, the creator, you more want to create a space where they can come in and kind of, you know, talk with each other. If I'm understanding that right. 
Yeah, but but it it's a, a lot of the coursework, the articles. Yeah. Uh, you know, do do you want me to write on this subject? Do you want us to do sure. you want us to hold a book club about this subject? Mm -hmm. um, is so the community in essence creates conversation and um and discord for yeah term, right no. yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> right um around um around uh whatever the the presented topics are right so yeah um, back let's say uh in june i believe was mental health awareness month so mm -hmm. ran a month-long series on that um some of the stuff was free some of it was paid um but ultimately um it created conversation amongst the entrepreneurs there yeah. around uh, mental health, around setting boundaries. Um, yeah. and so it's a little bit of both. I think the, the only thing is, is that I'm, I'm, I haven't quite asked people to buy into Dion as a personality. Sure. As opposed to Dion as a curator right. of information, of useful information. Yeah. So let's, I, I think I can answer from there and it, and there might be some overlap with what you could accomplish essentially with, with Patreon. But again, all that would have to be on the Patreon platform, not on discord, which might be, that might not be something that you want because now you have, you've kind of split your community between multiple platforms and it's confusing yep. how those two would kind of cross pollinate. So let's say that you had a mental health awareness group you had maybe 50 people roughly that you thought would be interested in kind of mental health awareness in that month but then maybe continue discussions on that yep anything on our platform right you can sell something like uh, you know obviously we need to be generating revenue so a good example would be like if you had a a premium mental health <laughs> whatever group where they got premium access to something but on our platform you could also just create these these kind of tokens that allow you to connect and i'll get into that just you know in a little bit but um so it's, so either, premium, it's either paid or wait, it's hold on. So, so premium sure. would be like um like if you had a between, course or well, no, something between, between sure. six and eight which is something that i've done we can have one-on-one -on -one conversations about exactly your business and mental health which you wouldn't have that access at other levels right um, because you are in essence um, by that, by, by joining that membership level, you are indicating that you are investing in right. whatever that thing is. In this case, it would be a, a more intimate conversation yeah. around, uh, mental health. Yeah, exactly. So if I were to structure this, right, you'd have your discord, which anyone can join. Maybe you'd have a second tier of access where maybe it's a couple of premium, like extra curated channels or something like that, but no one-on-one -on -one time. Yep. And then your sort of top tier, which is, you know, once a month, I'll have a round table or like a 30 minute discussion one on one with you. And I, I maybe want to do that with 10 separate people yep. on our platform. Basically, you would create what we are and, and we're kind of trying to see what term sticks because it it's it's really all based in non fungible tokens. But NFTs are like a cesspool. It's very difficult to kind of pitch that. Yep. So we're let's just call it a community token. Right. It's a way that you manage access to something. So on our platform, you would say, let's set up that kind of first tier. And I want to make a thousand of these things and sell them for 10 bucks. And then we have integrations built into our platform where we would say, Dion, go and authenticate on 
Discord tell us the role that you want us to give whoever owns these. And then that is it. It's it's literally just like authenticate, click a server, click a role, publish this token for purchase, and then that's it from your end as far okay. as permission management goes. All right. So so these tokens mm -hmm. in this example represents a membership level, or um, does does each token singularly represent um, one part of X amount of tokens needed to sure. access a membership level? You could do both. I think for the sake of the example, the first one is simpler, but absolutely you could. Like the second one is a really good example of how you could like gamify something, right? Like you see it with, you know, card games or whatever, you get multiple things and then that rolls up into this other more premium thing like you could yep. absolutely do that there's a lot of complexity there so for the first one let's just say one token equates to one person getting access to that you know premium channel of extra curated content that you made now in this example are there multiple types of tokens that can be created so let's say i decided i wanted a five tier system yep. then are there now five different types of tokens that by purchasing each and each type of token would then determine which level you would be at you could do five you could do any number that is completely right each one is distinct the only thing like within let's like this tier one let's just call it that tier one for premium yep. all let's say you make a thousand of them all of those would have identical access rights like you couldn't control it at the token level so if you want a different access you would just create a different one but you can create any number of tiers and assign different perks and kind of the cool thing is is you don't have to settle on it sort of day one like once you publish the thing that's not set in stone you can add or remove whatever perks at any point in time so maybe tier one right is just that discord integration that discord perk it's premium access role on your server yep. and then you say okay tier two i want to do that and also i want to give them access to this set of maybe private files over on whatever google drive whatever that integration is and then for tier three it's all of that plus maybe the one-on-one -on -one conversation with you okay and so those perks would be dynamic so so i'm going to pause this example sure for a sec because I, I, in hearing us discuss mm -hmm. the possibilities, I, I also recognize that there is a strong segment of entrepreneurs that um, want to get into the content space. Yeah. Right. Um, but that, that don't really have a lot of time to start discords. Like, Yep. create Facebook groups, right? They're already trying to drop articles on LinkedIn, trying to do podcasts, trying yep. to write this book, lead their business, right? So I'm a person now in this new example, starting from scratch, right? Not Dion. Sure. My name is Brown Dion. I am Brown Dion. Mm -hmm. I am my um, I am my doppelganger from the Mirrorverse. All right, you Arrow fans. <laughs> And uh, um, Flash fans, you know what I'm talking about, Mirrorverse. Um, all right, so I'm in the Mirrorverse. I'm Brown Dion. 
and I have um, this, uh, this business or this idea of a business and I want to create community around it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and I have people that are offline that really support me. Right. So maybe um, I have an email list, not, not necessarily offline, but just off of a community space. Right. So maybe I have an yeah. email right um maybe i have a strong ig following right just yeah. tons and tons of people who love me right maybe i have a ridiculous amount of support on tiktok right mm -hmm. how do i then get that base whether it's uh, an email a completely immersive email list or uh, this great tiktok following or this great support on ig how do i take those people that love me from there that aren't in yeah. a community per se, they're in a social grouping, right? They're not necessarily yeah. just in one spot. And then how do I get them over to a space where, where they're going to be useful and this platform can support me? Yeah, for sure. I, I still think there, there are different platforms other than Discord. I still think for this example, it's probably the best platform for it. Sure. Um, but this is not uncommon. Like I have seen people that have blown up on TikTok say, you know, I can go on TikTok live, but I'm kind of restricted here. And so I'm going to, you know, go over to Twitch so that I can engage with you more. Yep. Or I'm going to go over to Discord so we can kind of have this community of people that enjoy, you know, whatever my video, but then also this. So I think the first step is just what do you want your content to be about? And what, like, why are you creating a community? Like, why are you not just continuing to stay on Instagram. I, th I think that's probably the first question to ask if you want to take it that step further. Um, like, I, yeah. I think, I think in this example, right. For, for a lot of people, it's just a matter of time, right? Like just yeah. the time that it takes to nurture a community, the time that it takes to migrate people from one space to another yeah. just feels like it would be daunting. Right. So, yeah. So, so I know I have this following. I know that there are people that I can get activated for me. Right. Um, I think you got to lead. I think that's what I was leading into. Like you got to lead with the, why would I go and do this other thing? Like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying your stuff on Instagram. Why should I take my time out of my day and go join your discord server? I think the first step is just being very clear. Like, what is it that you are offering as, as Brown Dion? beyond your Instagram posts, right? Yeah, so so that's what a person who I'm looking to migrate would say, right? Mm -hmm. But what, what am I saying to myself as the person that's considering this, right? So sure. I'm considering this, right? I'm like, man, Enshrine sounds really cool. Creating yeah. a community sounds really cool. Getting this in, more intimate um, uh, access sounds really cool. Monetization sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. What do I, what, what conversation do I need to have with myself Sure. in order to, to move me, start moving me in the, that direction so that, you know, so that building this community and monetizing this community and creating greater access with me and this community is yeah. something that can happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm, I'm taking a step in your shoes, if I were doing this, I would want to say it, it is going to be some amount of work. It also yeah. seems daunting, but there are literally templates to create Discord servers out of. So the actual 
setup and configuration, you can kind of do whatever you want with it. But your basic Discord community server is something that you just create a copy of. So it, it would literally take you five minutes. We did this for our own company and it probably took us like five, 10 minutes to stand up the thing and then another 15 to do a couple of different configurations and plugging in a couple of bots. So really the bar is lower to do the initial setup. I think the real time investment is how do you sort of maintain that, right? Because you want to keep it active. And I think what we don't want to see is, you know, it was active for maybe a month. And then beyond that, it seems like that was kind of dying out. And now there's not really people conversing. Like that is something that happens. Which 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 I think speaks to <laughs> the the self-consideration, right? It's yeah. Like, it's like we the now listen, listeners, I'm gonna make a broad <laughs> jump in in what we're talking about here in terms of an assumption on personality, but God bless y'all. I believe this about a lot of y'all, but it's fine. A lot of people really need immediate gratification, mm -hmm. right? Like, and so if I don't see progress in my Discord, yeah, after a few months my my impulse is to red light it because it's not returning on my investment sure so do i need to be thinking about this as a long-term venture how much time should i be considering this for like that's what i think i'm getting towards yeah like, i'm an entrepreneur i have very little time absolutely i'm gonna invest my time in this because i know the outcome that i want right all mm -hmm. entrepreneurs have a pretty solid idea of the outcome right yeah. it's everything from ideation to the outcome that sure. is the journey right so so what what should my expectations be in terms of moving people from various social platforms to building a community and then yeah. bringing them to and then allowing enshrine to create greater opportunity for me yeah for sure so i think with any platform if you were say on Instagram and you wanted to start a YouTube channel, you would probably seed that YouTube channel with a couple pieces of content. So they're not coming to a blank channel or a channel with one video. Yep. So I, I I would, you know, create that Discord server, create a couple of, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. So let's say like you, Brown Dion, want to do, you want to get into like, here is how I'm taking all of these really cool photos on my iPhone that I'm posting to Instagram. And so maybe here's a couple of like, you know, quick tip guides or something that, that people can look at really like something just simple so that when they're coming into the server, there's at least something there for them to look at. And then I think the outreach on your channels, right? If you already have that email list, if you already have that large following, you've done a lot of the work, right? You're not starting from scratch. You already have that community buy-in. And I think it's not going to be the case with like 100% of content creators, but there has been this larger demand, I think, broadly that people that are following these content creators want more. Like I remember, you know, YouTube, if I looked at the state of YouTube 10 years ago, there, I mean, there was Twitch, but not many people were, were like engaging on Twitch, right? You were putting up YouTube videos, you kind of did everything not live and then you published it and kind of the cycle continued and now what we see is people are demanding we want to see you on TikTok live we want to see you here i've seen people that make TikToks then go on tours like 
people are wanting to actually see them in person and engage with them. So I think the I think it's a fair assumption to say your community probably wants that deeper way to connect with you beyond just whatever your content is. Some of that is going to be live interaction, which again, the concern of like, I'm busy, how much effort is this going to take? There are ways to mitigate that. But I think it's a fair assumption to say, if you have that community of loyal followers, they, they want to engage with you, right? They are willing to take out time and probably money to engage with you in ways that if you go on Instagram and look at your pictures, it's sort of beyond that. Um, yeah. And I think the time investment, like just one example is there are community managers for this sort of thing that you can kind of pay by the hour and their entire job is just to do community management on, if you're a smaller discord, they would be managing multiple at time at a time. Or if you're, you have a huge discord, it might be one person's sort of full-time job at which point you would be, you know, seeing returns, but the actual, you know, the, the hours that you have to put in, you can kind of mitigate that risk just by having someone that's experienced in it. And then you're not having to go out and learn a completely new platform by yourself. So that's, that's how I would approach like the first month or two of setting up that, that server. So in a world where anyone at any point that is publishing online can go viral for a litany of things, right? Yeah. In different communities, whatever, right? Like, I'm a person that uh, um, I am now um, D Brown, I'm a different person, right, guys? We need <laughs> multiple identities for the sake of this talk. I'm D Brown. I'm a person that um, has put out a YouTube video, got a lot of hits, mm -hmm. right? Um, or something happened on Instagram. I was a part of it, getting a lot of uh, views. Is my next step to create a Discord? Is it to create more content? Like what, what am I doing yeah. to start to capitalize on that moment? To, yeah. To create a space where I do have engaged community members that will start to invest in me and invest in the growth of yeah. my platform and what I'm doing. I think if you already have a solid idea of saying, like if you have a future vision of saying, I, I want this Discord community where we talk about these things and you already have that in mind, go with that. What I have seen other people do when they're kind of ramping up quickly and sort of that that virality hits very quick and you only have a limited amount of time to, to capitalize on that. Yep. Um, I have seen them just ask, right? I, I think as entrepreneurs, we kind of have this, at least I do. I, I feel like I want to have everything figured out. Just like I, I need to have this all figured out and I want to present some finished product that this community is going to like. I think people are very tolerant of you just asking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about these couple of things. How would you all want to engage or are any of these interesting and kind of take that feedback as you're developing that, you know, beyond the scope of whatever platform you're currently on. I, I don't think it's it's a bad thing. Like I think it's a very good thing to kind of have your your community drive a lot of that because they're they're the ones that are going to be interested, right? So the easiest way to build something people are going to be interested in is just ask them what what would you be interested in engaging me with? 
Okay. Last thing is I'm now DB, my last personality. Jesus, I feel like uh, in my, <laughs> gosh. Um, um, so uh, I'm split. No, um, I, uh, I am now DB and I'm, I am out here in the world. I'm doing great work. Didn't spend a lot of time in social. Just wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I got a lot of word of mouth business, you know, so I know a lot of people. Yeah. I may not necessarily be engaging with them, right? Like, mm-hmm. is my is my strategy in entering this space uh, a strategy in which I'm shooting at all plus social media platforms and hoping something hits, or am I focusing on one and trying to grow one? Yeah, that that one start nurturing that one creates a space where I start to begin my path to community. Yeah, I think so. It is like is the question just how how would you go about figuring out like what socials you should be on before we even start with that community? Because I would say you don't even need to be prolific on social media to start that community. Like an email list would suffice. Okay. Honestly, like you you don't have to be big on any platform. It's just if you have that community of of people that you are looking to bring together and you have some way of reaching out to them, I think that's enough. Ideally, I mean, ideally it's online. If it's a physical mailing list, that's that might be a problem because now you have the barrier of just getting them online. Yep. You know, that's that's a different set of problems. But if they're already online, um, you know, there's there's one in my personal life where it's a a shoe brand that I really like that I really like. They're called Taft. They they literally sell like handmade, very high quality shoes. I've loved them for years. They created a Discord server of people that, you know, they've got a channel for people saying the size didn't really fit. I'm not loving this. Does anyone want to buy this off me for a discount? Uh, the the owners kind of use it to tease out designs and they'll do sort of voting for what the new patterns are going to be. You know that that's a shoe brand, right? They they do have social media. I don't think that they're super popular on on any of them. Okay, but if if they can do it, right? If a clothing brand can do it, I think it means pretty much anyone that is already online and has that community can do it. So why why this? Why you and why this? Like what sure. what is your passion or drive? Um, to really bring together content creators with their audience? What's, what's yeah. that about? Yeah, um, very good question. So I, I think for me, I have seen, I mean, it really started during, uh, you know, early 2020, right? The pandemic hit, you have, you're not able to see friends, you kind of look out for all right, what am I going to occupy my time with? And I started heavily watching, you know, I found a couple of Twitch streamers that I really liked. And and that was a lot of the entertainment that I had. Um, and as you kind of explore Twitch, right, there are these people that have tens of thousands of concurrent viewers. And then there are, you know, the 99.9% that have zero to 50, right? Like anywhere in between there. And And you're looking at that and there are guides out there saying, here is how you become this, huge streamer like you have to do all these things you have to be active on these six social media platforms and put out three posts a day and you look at that and you say this is like if i if i were to do this it would take me like eight hours a day not earning any money to do that 
Yep. And I'm expected to what build this brand eight hours a day, not getting paid for who knows how long. And maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. And there are, you know, that, that is a, that is a deterrent for a lot of people. Like a lot of people casually stream on Twitch and that's great. There are people that are really struggling to try and make it big that just don't have the time and don't have the resources to do it. And so we thought, how do we go about that and make it easier for content creators to become full-time content creators? I would say that is, that's sort of my motivator. That's the motivator of most people on our team is we want to, you know, give the power back to these smaller content creators take it away from these larger platforms like Twitch that have a lot of these gatekeeping mechanisms and just give them an easy way to say, if you've got a few loyal supporters, you can start building out something very cool, even though it's small, that can still you know, fund you for the time being until you can kind of get to the point where it can replace whatever your full-time job is. So that's kind of the why. Um, I'll stop there because <laughs> I said a yeah. lot there. Yeah, no, no, no. So um, how did your team come together? Yeah, um, I knew a couple of the other co-founders from working with them previously. And it was really just, um, we actually came together looking to build something very, very different. So I'm a lot happier with the product that we have now. Um, we came together in a time where NFTs were kind of blowing up. And we said, how can we kind of capitalize on this? Um, so I had a very different idea, uh, a very different product that I don't, I don't think would last more than a couple of years, frankly. So, um, you know, we took about six months to kind of pivot to the current idea okay. away from like, let's just use this cool tech to do something cool to, all right, what are we actually trying to do and who is our customer? And now let's think about how we solve that. So kind of flip the approach completely on its head from where we started. So there is a lot of money, of course, in, in content creation, right? Mm -hmm. um, specifically, uh, now that, uh, that content is moving from a ad-based model to... Well, it's not moving from an ad-based model. It's, mm -hmm. it's organically diverging into buckets where uh, a bucket that had not existed in a prevalent way um, is now shifting from a pure ad-based model, pure advertisement or yeah. clicks per, right? It's, it's people directly um, um, sending money by way of gifts or coins or medals Yep. or items that represent an amount to the content creator, either that can be um, translated into actual dollars uh, mm -hmm. by some idea of a quota or no quota, right? Or a, a threshold through which once you reach that amount of money, you get paid. Um, I think that's on like Twitch, a few other um, platforms. Yeah. Or... Um, you directly just send them the the gift or the money, yeah. and they're 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 just paid out, and and whatever the system is that is facilitating that transaction makes money off of it. So, mm -hmm. in a world where like 
advertisement was the way that people were that content creators were primarily making money online and and in describing what we're describing which is like streaming um and video creation right um where do you think it's headed do you think that this 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 more recent newer bucket of um almost like gamifying um sending content creators um money through gifts are becoming a big thing or do you think that like this this idea of directly um sending money or buying membership um to engage with that person where do you see it going because both things are happening pretty quickly right now in terms of of how content creators are making money so where do you see where, where are you hedging your bets on yeah, definitely. And and I don't think ads are really ever going away. I I hope that they go I I hate ads. I do not want to to watch them. Um and so like just very like very short tangent, but if you look at like the the take that Twitch has on subscriptions, it's it's 50% for large creators. Sometimes they can negotiate down if they're big on YouTube, right? You I think you get paid out roughly around 50%, 60-70% somewhere around there. There are a lot of platforms where you're getting paid out 50% on that because the platform gets to take that cash, right? So there is a lot of opportunity there. Like those dollars are being spent. There is no reason why those can't flow directly from supporter to creator. I think what we're looking at, I mean, it kind of remains to be seen if those if those direct kind of gamified donations, like Twitch has had them for years. YouTube put out a huge fund to kind of gift people this money and have them say, here, you have the equivalent of five bucks, go and spend it on a streamer. Uh, we'll see if that's worked out. I, I'm i not too bullish on Facebook as a streaming platform, but that's just that's just my own two cents. I don't really have the data to back that. Yeah. Um, what we are looking at is, I think we can do both. That gamification piece that you're talking about, right? Like a collectible set of things to unlock something else. Um, that's big in like the web three gaming space. I think the downside is it's it's very confusing and you have to be very into the game to kind of understand all the rules. So I think for the people that really want that in, that you know deep engagement with some very specific thing, I think it's a good solution. I think and, beyond and, that, and I think yeah. the content creator also has to be oh absolutely to be as knowledgeable as the supporter is, right? So you right. have to be like, I need four more. I don't know, uh, <laughs> cruise ships, right? To yeah. get to, to unlock the next <laughs> level. So who's going to buy four mm-hmm. more cruise ships, right? So you almost yeah. have to know what that thing is that unlocks it for them. And also right. what you need to unlock whatever dollar amount you ultimately want to hit yeah. for your month or for your week or whatever that projection looks like. Yeah, so that that can be confusing. I think it's a lot more effort. It's very involved. There are there's an interesting app called the Liquid Plus app. It's from an esports team called Liquid, um, Team Liquid, and and basically you connect your YouTube, your Twitch, and a couple of other platforms, and they reward you for viewing that content, like engaging with their own content, and then you can spend that sort of in app on merch or other things. So it's a kind of cool example of like how you can gamify it if you're very into that specific org. I think we are more bullish on that sort of the subscription slash, you know, tiered access list model. 
Okay. Right. Like I, I think Patreon has done it really right. I mean, I think that they've done a lot correctly where they have these tiered subscriptions. Uh, there are things that our platform allows. Like it's not just a one-way flow of money from person to Patreon to creator. On yeah. our platform, it would be from person uh to creator and then from person to person because you can you can resell this access which is kind of a cool way of like air quotes investing in a creator early on mm -hmm. like imagine it being a rookie card for a content creator that you really like like there is something there where it's not just the tiered access it's the feeling of like i have a stake in this content creator's journey too yep. and i think that we've we've seen that that's worked out and i i think it's Remains to be seen whether or not it, it is broadly applicable, but that's that's what we are betting on. Not to say the gamification won't work out, yeah. but sort of that tiered investment model makes more sense to us. Now, has this thing caught on in gaming mostly because the gaming community via in-game purchases have kind of already... They already understand the idea that you need to pay to get access yeah. to more and that other um, communities of streaming haven't quite had that same um, model. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's that's a really good insight. If you look at the the free to play game model, right? Like there's I, I play this game called Valorant quite a bit. You can play that for free. You can play it for a thousand hours, never have to pay anything. You don't need a subscription to connect or anything like that. Completely free. They make their money off of skins on the weapons in the game, right? And it's a very successful game. Yep. And so I think people are used to that. I see this creator. They have this community that I can join for free. I can watch on Twitch for free. Maybe I have to watch some ads. But if I want that deeper level of access, I'm okay with paying for it because I'm spending time here yeah. and I can justify that, right? I, like I could be out doing something else and spending my money somewhere else. But, you know, I, I think in their eyes, it's just something where you can get it for free. But if you want more, there should be ways to sort of buy into that. Maybe. I, I think that's close. That's hitting pretty close to what I'm, I'm alluding mm -hmm. to, but I think I'm more so asking, like, because you, yeah, in playing Valorant, yeah, right, you're used because you want to see different skins on the weapons. You have already been socialized to think I all all I need to do is pay. Yeah. With some sort of in-game coin or whatever, right? Yeah. Deem that thing and now have access to it. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think it applies to creators as well. But yeah, keep it. Absolutely. On. So, that, so that's where I'm going, right? So so now that you're on a gaming channel, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as much of an ask. Yeah. To, for someone to say, if you want more access to me, then then yeah. buy this thing, redeem this thing, and you have more access to me, right? Because yeah. gaming has inherently become a thing where you want more, you mm -hmm. want deeper, you want greater, you want diverse, you pay for yeah. it, right? Yeah. In, in other types of 
engagement of content that mm-hmm. that dynamic isn't as necessary right, right. Like, people just aren't socialized to be like hey man you want to hear another motivational talk yeah right like or yeah you know what I mean, right <laughs> like it's 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 almost like because the gaming industry created it the mm-hmm. gaming community is more likely to be okay with engaging with it yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I, I will say there are sort of parallel examples. If you look at like bands, okay. I can pay to go to a live event, yep. a concert. I could yep. listen to that music for free on Spotify, right? I could listen to it on YouTube. I'm choosing to go to the event for some reason. They have merch there. I can choose to purchase merch. Maybe there are backstage passes, which are going to be a lot more money, but I get this FaceTime with this artist. Yes. So there are other places where they... You know, it, it it is socialized, but I but to your point, if I'm on, you know, YouTube or something or I'm on Instagram, yep. why why would I pay for anything on Instagram? Like that definitely is a problem. Well, I don't. Yeah. Or just I think in music, to your point, like that example is a perfect example. I think music and touring is such a great example because mm-hmm. I still think that people are sort of confused as to why would I pay for a streaming version of right. a live show. Right. Right. Like, right. Why, why would I do that? I just rather go to the live show. Right. Where right. if, if, if you, if, if you told me that, if you told my group of friends that a streaming tournament of, of, um, I don't know, of smash brothers mm-hmm. was happening, they would happily pay. Yeah. See, extreme. They have no problem with right. differentiating the live versus the streamed experience because right. their their minds are completely different. They just it it's almost organic for them to say, "Yes, I want to. I, I want. I want. I want access to it by yeah. any means necessary." Whereas music people are, are seem a little bit more um, conservative in adopting streaming mm-hmm. as an as a plausible alternative yeah to live right and so how, how do you see what you're doing at Inshrine uh helping to kind of take what i think gaming has done really well and yeah. make that thing applicable that's where i'm going with this right I mean, sure a really long way no i i, I example, but but i wanted to framework it for the audience right because i think gaming becomes the the easiest example but it's also right the example, I think, where there's more history than just people will pay to see gamers game. I think that yeah, for sure. game, the gaming industry itself had created that model already. So it became easier for game for game for gaming audiences to adapt. Yeah. How do you yeah. see that, that working out in other in other um, content types where you where you're gonna see the same sort of activity, but not necessarily mm-hmm. um because it's a gaming yeah for sure i i think if we took i'm trying to come up with an example that would be difficult so maybe someone that is a nature photographer or something like that right like you are not going to pay to see a live stream of the nature photographer taking photos like that would be stupid you're not going to do that but the question is like what what can i as a nature photographer with a community of people that really like my work do to allow them to basically access me or my work more 
like that's what the backstage music pass does. Yep. That's what the merch does, right? Like, why would you buy merch from a band? Because you were kind of you're able to show, hey, I, I was at this event and did this thing live. And so I think live events are always going to be a thing. You you could do a live event with a nature photographer. That might be kind of weird. Like I, I don't know. Actually, if they I don't kind know. Of cool if, if, if if I'm a nature photographer, uh-huh. I'm shooting birds. Yeah, you're gonna pay to for me to shoot as many birds as possible. And if you want a specific bird shot in that yeah. specific event, then you're gonna hit yeah. the highest tier. I don't know. Yeah, or or it's like, hey, I'm gonna go on this tour to do all this nature photography. Every single person that you know subscribes or whatever purchases a token on Enshrine for this, they get a photo credit, and all of that goes up into this album that's now viewable forever, right? Like you can attach extra benefits to that. I think there oh, should so, always so be I, that. Yeah. So I think I I think I I think I have a more condensed version of this very sure. conversation that I think is going to get me to and get the audience to a place. Do you, so. So the, if, if the gaming, the gaming stream experience is the threshold, because to me, that's, that's the community that I see the most excited. Sure. Like in engaging in um, streaming digital content, but more specifically, like paying for it and being incentivized and Mm -hmm. feeling really good about it. Right. Like just feeling like, like, this is what I want to do. Um, so, so having a group of individuals that are, that are supporters of yours does not necessarily mean that your content type has to have it. It just means that you have to have it, right? Yeah. So even though nature photography may not seem exciting, yeah. Um, uh, for a lot of communities, right? Or maybe a lot of content creators and producers of this don't mm-hmm. really create large, excited communities. It doesn't necessarily mean that I can't. Sure. I mean, that that would be one way to stick out from the pack, right? From you, from all the other nature photographers. It's like, what if I engage with my fans more or came up? That's That's kind of what we are trying to get to is like, we want to give you a compelling reason for people to visit you versus someone else, right? Like there might be 10 nature photographers that I could, uh, this is an odd example because I could consume all of them, but let's say someone has to choose between them. Like what is it that's differentiating you? And I think when we look at these sort of community tokens that you tie perks to, I think people are very incentivized by perks. It's like, I am getting something extra that not everyone can get and i own this benefit now and that access is more than uh, most other people can get got it so the last part is a lot of you know what what people cite as their reasons for not engaging in this is mm-hmm. is age right they just feel like you know maybe I'm a little too old. Maybe my audience is a little bit too old. You sure. know what I mean? Like maybe, um, you know, maybe they're just, they're just some folks that, you know, stick to YouTube, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. is this really uh, open to all ages? Like, is this something where yeah. like, you know, if I'm, 
if I'm 60 and I have a community, I'm, I can be as, as effective in my engagement as it relates to, you know, creating access and giving um, perks as someone who's maybe 25 or, yeah. or 17. I think so. There, there might be some, I would say generally you probably have better odds if the average age of your community is you know 25 compared to 65, but okay. there's no reason why you couldn't do that for that community of 65. And, and the reason I think this is like today, like if you were to look on any of these other competing platforms, like if you were, to, especially in the web three space and you sent like, you know, someone at the age of 65 there, they, they might be able to figure out what to do. It's probably pretty confusing. But if you look at like social media 10 years ago, or let's say when they first started getting popular, Instagram first started getting popular, it was first popular with sort of that younger age group, right? Like 25 and younger was, was the primary group of users. And now you look at that same platform and look at the age range, right? There's still a lot of people 25 and younger, but yeah. there's a lot of older people on there. And so I think maybe the adoption is a little bit slower in that age group. But that's not to say that there's, you know, we as a platform, that's really on us to make it easy, right? Like that is, that is what we have to do is make it easy enough for absolutely anyone to come on. So, you know, if, if you did get that feedback, right, if you tried to bring this to a community of 65 year old people and you said, oh, they were just, they absolutely had no idea what they were doing. That's kind of on us. Um, we also in our testing are trying to get a wide range of ages and backgrounds and familiarity with, with these different technologies to test this out. Cause that's, you know, that's what we're going for. Because I would imagine, I mean, 65 is, is, is a bit on the, the upper yeah. <laughs> end of that spectrum. Right. But, but as you start to move out of, let's say the 18 to 25 audience, mm -hmm. right. You're, you start to move out of possibly people that are actually doing the same thing you're doing and you yeah. try to find a larger differentiator where this right. becomes your differentiator because sure. a lot of your peers aren't engaged in technology yeah. in the same way, right? So yeah. it becomes a thing that may differentiate you from a pack that's not being sort of tech and innovative innovation forward. Yeah. And, and you could either pitch it as something that is, you know, techie and innovation forward, or it's just leave the tech out of it and say here, you know, in this community, like I'm trying to think of something that like my, I mean, Pinterest is really coming to mind because that's what my, uh, that's what my mom likes to spend a lot of well, time so, on. So let me give you a sort of an example yeah. of what I'm saying. Like, so I know people that are, that are, that are doing, they're doing TikToks at 17, right? Mm -hmm. get much they get way more followership faster yeah right but i also have friends that are doing tiktoks at 35 mm -hmm. that may not get the followership as quickly but their followership because the community because what they're presenting is meant specifically for that community that mm -hmm. age group community they're yeah. a lot more loyal right because yeah. It's not a bunch of 20-year-olds competing for a 20-year-old's sure. attention. Right. It's, it's a few 35-year-olds competing for 35-year-old's attention. Yeah, right? and absolutely. So because <laughs> the volume is lower, 
the yeah. person gets more engagement and loyalty. And I think that's where I'm going with like the innovation part is that like, yeah. because not everyone that you know, or that's in your space is doing this thing. Yeah. That that's a really good example in, um, in tech, we call this like stickiness. So like how sticky is your product and why is it sticky? And that just means why would someone not just up and leave? Why would they stay with you over someone else? And yeah. a good differentiator is I'm on a platform that is, you know, there's there's also this audience of 35 year olds, but they're relatively underserved compared to this group of, you know, yeah. 16 year olds, 18 yeah. year olds, whatever it is, right? There's a ton of them vying for the proportionally a lot fewer viewers per person trying to vie for that attention. So that's a really good point. Um, I think beyond that, right? Like you can kind of extrapolate that point to like, what what are you doing as a content creator that will make your content sticky? Like, why is someone sticking with you? You're doing something right if you have this following, yep. but what are you doing right? And why are people engaging with your content? Yep. And I think you can really just expand that to give people more reasons to stick around and for other people to come in. Right, I think because that's that's the goal of what anyone is trying to do is maintain their current audience while still growing it. All right. So last question. And then we're going to move into sure. fun stuff. Um, or I think it's fun stuff. It's always fun. For me. I don't <laughs> know what else. All right. So. Um, how do you in your platform or, or people in general, right? Mm -hmm. How do you how do you. How do you. How do you push against, um, I'm going to say the Amazon effect for, for just everyone's common knowledge about what I'm referring sure. to, but sort of this idea of this, of, of the wide marketplace versus something mm -hmm. very specific, right? Like, okay, yeah. like TikTok, everyone can discover me, you know, yeah. people who like me can, you know, can, can help to, um, to enrich my life right? Mm -hmm. In this more specific community, there's a fixed number unless I do something to bring people over there where a, a platform like TikTok is through its algorithm, finding people yeah. to help discover me, right? Yeah. Um, how do you create a space where, or what, what's some key points in creating a space where someone doesn't find you then go to your community leave your community to mm -hmm. go back to tiktok which is what you find in a lot of these marketplaces right is someone yeah. has a really cool product on amazon they purchase it on amazon they follow the site of the thing that they got it from the yeah. w wireless or whatever the the thing is and then they ultimately when it's time to buy that same product they go mm -hmm. back to amazon and not yeah. really buy it from the person that that they already know produces it, right? Because they yeah. trust the marketplace and they love the marketplace. So how do you, how does one protect against that trend where sure you are you are providing value, right? You're 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 doing yeah. what you need to do, um, and ultimately you're going to try to retain the person, not necessarily compete with the platform, mm -hmm. um, but retain the person so that they're not off trying to discover another you. Yeah, that. So on our platform, we handle this differently. So I'm going to split that up into how you do it generally, how we do it on our platform. So we are not trying to be the focal point. Like you said, like Amazon, 
is trying to gain you as an Amazon customer, not try and gain the person selling the product as their customer. Okay. We kind of take the opposite approach, right? Like we are not trying to be a social media platform where we, you know, we get your fan in and then we try and sell them on all these other creators. Okay. Like we have discoverability where you can explore things, but really the primary driver is going to be creators saying, I have this thing that you can buy and sending them our way. And so right. they're not, you know, we are the mechanism by which they are buying, but we're not trying to be, you know, the platform that they are coming back to for anything content creation wise, because we don't want you to like cannibalize your own market by us saying, we're going to send you your, your community to, to some other platform. And to some extent, like with podcasting, like, you know, people listen to a bunch of different podcasts. So someone probably won't stop listening to you just because they heard of a different one. So it's like yeah. less of a risk, but I would say on these other platforms, like that definitely is a consideration. Yeah. Um, so we are not trying to be the focal point there. And we're also building our platform in a way that like, if you didn't want the actual, we don't have this feature yet, but we have it on the roadmap. If yeah. you didn't want to send your community over to our site, we would have a way of basically embedding the purchase mechanism in your own site so that you can kind of keep them over there and not have to drive them to somewhere else because you, you know, you want to keep their attention wherever you are. Yep. And so you should be able to purchase that without having to navigate completely context, switch onto a different platform and then maybe come back. So that's, that's going to be an option. It's not required, but we kind of have that at the forefront is like, we want what's best for that content creator even if it means that in the short term, we're not going to gain that, you know, incremental sale. Okay. At the same time, we do want creators to also be discoverable so that, you know, there, there's a trade-off there. I would say broadly, if you are on other platforms, that's a good reason to go to, you know, have a Discord server, have a community, have something where they're not just you know, you're on TikTok and if someone doesn't subscribe to you, they might see you on their for you page again and they might not ever see you again. Yeah. But if you can get them into something that's kind of off of off of those platforms that have these algorithms that are, you know, trying to get their attention somewhere else to maximize the number of people that you're subscribed to or whatever it is, um, get them somewhere where you can really genuinely engage with them and get yeah. away from that noise. I think that would be my like, one piece of advice for that. All right, cool. All right, so I have two questions for you. Yeah. Um, it's two questions I ask of everyone that it's on man versus brand. First question is, on any streaming platform, uh, YouTube's included, what's mm -hmm. something recent that you've watched that you thoroughly enjoyed? Yeah, um, this one's probably going to be pretty basic, and I wouldn't be surprised if another guest said it. Um, House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones show that came out. I think at time of recording, I think there's only two episodes out right now. Yep. yep. But absolutely enjoyed both of them so far. All right, cool. Um, what do you? Uh, what do you? Well, well, no, actually, I'm going to ask a different question. Um, did you read? the books before engaging in the Game of Thrones content? I did not. I actually haven't read any of the books. I kind of missed the boat on the first Game of Thrones. I didn't start watching until after they'd put out all the episodes. Got it. So I kind of knew, okay, people hated the last season for some reason. I don't know why, but 
you know, at that point I was like, these are very long books. I don't, I don't know if I want to spend, you know, all this time doing it. It would be interesting to just kind of appreciate like the cinematic aspect of the show okay. instead of, you know, you do this with like Harry Potter is a good example, right? You read the books and then you watch the movies. And all I'm thinking about is like, man, they, they left out all of this stuff that made the story really cool. Yeah. And it kind of just, it, it detracted from the movie experience because you're kind of just thinking about like all the stuff that wasn't there. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to be thinking about that. I just want to be able to focus on what is there. That's interesting because I think, I think uh, because the announcement of this series came out a while back, mm-hmm. a lot of folks read this yeah. work to specifically prepare for yeah. this. And so I was interested <laughs> to see if you were one of those people, right. That like, yeah. like that took the break, right. Cause they needed something to, fill that uh-huh. void, right that space right and the boys wasn't doing it yeah um, there's been like a couple couple really hit shows but not quite in this sort of fantasy space right mm-hmm. um uh and so i was just interested to see because um a lot of folks that i know started reading the books and i'm like I don't know if anyone's ever going to be happy when you read this first material first. Yeah, I I know that I would not. Like, I know myself and I know I would just be frustrated all the things that they missed out on. It's like, you can't get to everything, but damn, you should just be happy about, like, what they did put in the show because it's a very, like, all, you know, all of Game of Thrones, especially the later seasons, like, you can tell the budget is as high as, like, a movie would be. Maybe not, like, the Fast and Furious you know, franchise, but it is enormous for each one of these episodes. And so it's very cool how they kind of took the medium that is TV and kind of, you know, flipped the script on it and just said, let's like, let's put just so much effort into this and make it feel like you are in the movie theater watching it. Yeah. That, yeah. So I wanted to go into up here and just say, I, I also want to be surprised because you read the books and you're not going to be surprised by anything, right? Like you already know the spoilers to some extent and i you know i probably wouldn't read like a book of a movie before seeing the movie had i not already read that book you know it's funny i i think that this this span of the last maybe maybe seven to ten i'm gonna give it 10 years i think this happened with the star wars prequel is when i first really realized that like uh that that communities and the pro- content creators, which would be like Hollywood or, you know, right, like um, uh, both in movies and TV, have really odd and sometimes combative relationships with their communities, mm-hmm. right? Like where, yeah. you know, you, you, you question, you know, are they listening and why aren't they listening, right? Yeah. And then other points, you're like, man, I, I hope they never hear any of this, right? Because <laughs> it puts at risk, right, yeah. the future of this thing because – Maybe they think that so many people are, or the most vocal audience is unhappy about it, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe they think that that reflects the entire community, yeah. where where it's it's maybe just you know the people that are most upset. So it's interesting to have a conversation about community building, but then also yeah. um, for your first answer to be with <laughs> with, with uh, a production that you know that had a very divisive ending, yeah. And that, you know, really sort of shook up their own community, right? Because the, yeah. the 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 Game of Thrones community was going hard, hard, yeah. hard, right up until the end. 
and then it sort of imploded, right? Like, yeah. it's just a weird thing to see because all, with all of the work that they did in all of the seasons before the last, the last one really is the one mm-hmm. that, um, that I want to say 80% of the community that I speak to yeah. talks about, right? Those are casual watchers or mm-hmm. people who really... Um, loved the the series or people who read the book and then watched the series right like we all talk about the way that um that the show ended which is true right it's true of of this it's true of majority of shows so it's funny man how you can have a community and that community be like nope (laughs) it's it's a balance right it's a trade-off it's like it's to some extent there is that like artistic integrity of like you the creator needs to make like what use like whatever your vision is like they are buying into that at the same time there is the risk of like your fans won't necessarily agree with it and that's probably a good thing right like they if it's this cultish following where they're just going to like anything that you make i don't know but if it's something where they will actually look at it and say man these are the things that we were looking for and here's why the and and there was more to that last you know season between like the script having not been written and there being pressure to just wrap the whole thing up very quickly where there was like, obviously there are plot holes. I think that was the season where they left that like Starbucks cup in one of the shots. And it's just like, you could feel that it was rushed and there wasn't that like preparation that they had before. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's weird because I think where is DC in, 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 comparing where dc is sort of getting it now it feels like marvel their community is starting to head in that direction right the more that mm. people are starting to have conversation about cgi and like yeah sex errors right or in just the quality and like that disney mm-hmm. show sucked and all that stuff right yeah. you started to see this real shift that feels very different than in game right in game yeah. everyone was just like the future is bright <laughs> right yeah um, uh, you know, by the time Miss Marvel hit, people are like, I don't really know what's going on here, right? Like, I'm yeah. not really sure of the direction. So it's interesting, man. You you really have to simultaneously, I think. Actually, you know, the, the biggest thing I, I in, in all of this that I'm hearing, and I'm gonna get to my second question, sure. uh, is <laughs> you know, you gotta be a fan of your work. You have to be a fan of your work, right? The moment mm-hmm. that you are no longer as invested as your fans are in or in your community is in yeah. your work, then you, you then start to identify as being separate from them. Yeah. And that's when your community will ultimately start to turn on you because now yeah. you're them instead of us, right? And, yeah. and we want you to be with us because we're here supporting you versus now you're on the other side. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, like, it's like, because you hear that, especially with Star Wars, it's like, I can't remember the lady's name. Um, Kennedy? Kennedy? Last name's Kennedy? Uh, but anyway, they're like, she's not, she doesn't understand what we really want, right? But Filoni uh-huh. does, right? And it's like, there's like this idea of like, <laughs> he loves us, you yeah. don't. And so regardless of what you do, we don't, we're not going to go in line with that. Anyway, yeah. all right, guys, that was a solid 20-minute tangent on um, <laughs> communities and tv just from hearing game of thrones all right house of the dragon house of dragons house of dragons house of the dragon Um, i had to look it up (laughs) uh so what's something that if i was to ask 
folks that know you, folks in your community, right, that you liked. I was like, hey, man, mm-hmm. what is what does Derek really like to watch? What's something that they might not think about, but that you actually thoroughly enjoy? Yeah, um, this is this is a trashy answer, but like it is what it is. Uh, 90 Day Fiance and all of the subsequent spinoffs that they have. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Got it. I mean, man, I don't think it's trashy. I think at this point, <laughs> you're, you're with the majority. You're no. with the majority. A lot of folks are into um, uh, 90 Day Fiance. Uh, I think someone earlier on the podcast was into something Chantel, the family Chantel. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the family the Chantel. Family Chantel. Yep, yep, like, yep. Yeah, so <laughs> that's like, it's a thing. It is. Yeah. It is, um, it is, it is taking the world by storm, man. Um, all right. So, so with that, do you think that, um, the future, uh, because I think this was a discussion in the Warner brothers discovery, uh, conversation. Do you think that the world is moving into unscripted or, you know, Un- unscripted as a you're not paying for writers to write a script yeah right because a lot of reality tv is partially scripted in a way but uh do you think that the world is moving towards more unscripted kind of stuff because a lot of that is sort of produced content right it's mm-hmm. like the next level beyond what a lot of people are putting out in yeah of what they're doing in social media spaces and um, and on platforms that allow for user-generated content. So do you think that the world is becoming more used to engaging in unscripted stuff and really being able to enjoy it for what it is? I do think so. And and I would say like it's there are already shows out there like the whole Bachelor franchise where they are just enormous, enormous shows. Like I Love Island is another one um, that, that my girlfriend and I will watch. But it, it's just... I would say there are already so many people watching it. And I do wonder, like, if if you look at the scripted content that's been putting, that's been getting pushed out with all of these streaming platforms having to, you know, compete and just throw shows at you. Yeah. A lot of them are bad. Like a lot of them are not good to watch. And you're like, if this is what is scripted and I can watch this other thing that just has people's stupid reactions to things and I'm getting more enjoyment out of it. Yep. It feels more authentic to me than this show that it seems like someone just half-assed. So I think people are seeing that like effort difference in the shows. Yep. There will always be shows that are, you know, uh Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul, right? Where they are just very good shows. People engage with them, and then you have, and I don't even remember the names because they're so bad. All the other shows that I've given like a first season's worth of a shot. Yep. To say like, all right, maybe this is good. And then it turns out to be just terrible. And so I think I think people there's more, uh, I guess, variety that you get out of these unscripted shows where you genuinely don't know where it's going because there's no plot. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes you can kind of guess at the plot in these TV shows because they're follow, you know, they're going to follow some character arc or whatever it is, some story arc with these unscripted shows. There is like, you know, with with the. uh with 90 day fiance, you get the boundaries of like, okay, they have to be here for 90 days at most and then make a decision. But then beyond that, who knows where this thing is going to go. And I think that's what is so 
engaging about that type of content is you just don't know. And I, I genuinely could not guess. Um, yeah. And it helps that it's just a complete shit show too. Like it's just for the engaging right the worst right? parts of your brain. <laughs> you know that it's going to be a shit show, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about it, right? Is that it's yeah. not like you expect it to be thought provoking. It was marketed yeah. as thought provoking. And right. then you're like, wait, what? Like they're like, <laughs> they're open. The, 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 yeah. the, the, you know, all of the information and marketing for it says, yeah. if you like a shit show, uh-huh. it's going to be for you, right? And yeah. it's not like you're being sold on this sort of greater idea. It, it is it is odd. It's like people are choosing to engage in a show that they know is bad. Like it is objectively like it's there's a lot. There's a lot of problematic things to it. All yep. the situations are bad. The personalities, the people are like very questionable in most cases. Yep. And people are going into that eyes wide open saying like, yes, this is the thing that I want to do. Yeah. It's a very interesting thing, because if you said like, I guess people hate watch some shows and there are some movies that are so bad that people will watch them. But largely it's if something is just moderately bad, yeah, that's just boring. Like that's not engaging versus this is bad and it's a shit show and we know that it's bad and we're we're watching it because it is. And I think I think to your earlier point, right? Like I think we're also in this very weird space in terms of what we're being fed mm-hmm. from um in movies and TV of rehash. Like we're rehashing everything, right? Yeah. Like, so there are all these sort of remakes, part fives, right? Where yeah. where I think there's just a redundancy to it all, right? Where sure. where where the 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 most interesting thing, and, and you know, I think like that's why the um American horror story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched some of it. I haven't seen a ton of it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why they, they did so, it did so well because they took the same characters and changed the story plot mm. and changed what the characters were doing. So yeah, people knew what was who was going to be a part of the 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 next season, but didn't really understand how they played a role into it. So there was always yeah. a moment of surprise. Um, instead of you know you know that you know gr- you know. Gray's from Gray and Gray's Anatomy. She know that she's not going to die, right? Yeah, because right. this this thing <laughs> is is founded right, um, right uh, on this on this um, on this actress, and so therefore, um, at some point, it becomes less interesting because sure. the stakes change. Whereas in a ninety day fiance, it's like I don't know the stakes. Yeah, I don't you, know, you have I, no idea where it's going to go. It exactly, could go in right? any like, number of directions. Exactly, <laughs> and so. There's a there's a, a sense of shock value and excitement. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and there's more, I think, emotional spectrum that gets represented in those shows, even though the content is crap. All right, cool. So if if I'm a content creator, I'm listening right now. What should I be doing? Where should I be going? What what's going on? So am I going to enshrine? Am I am I um um subscribing? Am I applying to be on your um your 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 starting creator list like yeah i am if i know a content creator right now that i think would be awesome and this should be something that they should approach uh, am i as a supporter um sending them your email i'm sending mm-hmm. them uh and like an email address or a link so, so that they can go and sign up like what are we doing here 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, number one place you should go. It's just enshrine.io. That's the extension on it. Uh, easy access to, you can apply to the wait list. We have a get in contact with us, you know, form that will go directly to me. Uh, we have resources there for, you know, how does this apply to me? How could I use the platform for these things? What would it look like to my supporters? All of that stuff is all there. A great deal of resources. Feel free to go check it out. Uh, there's also a link to our Discord server too. So if you want to just hop on there, uh, we're on there every day. So that is a really good way for us to kind of like live chat in person. Uh, I love getting distracted from, you know, work with messages. So like I usually respond pretty quickly. Um, so in shrine.io, if you want to get in touch with me personally, probably the best way is going to be LinkedIn. So just, you know, Derek Gorthy, um, or my personal email for the business is just Derek at enshrine.io. So either of those works if you want to talk to me personally. All right, cool. Well, listen, man, you have definitely given us information um, to move off of, not just about the platform, but also about really good tips and strategies uh, to take your content to the next level, right? To create a more intimate conversation to get greater engagement, but also guys, to, to move forward in your investment ideas, right? So you're like, how can I invest more in the people that really love me? Well, this becomes an opportunity for you to get that investment uh, activated, right? Like where, where your ideas start to come to life and you're able to create a space for you to be able to do some really cool, fun things with the folks who want cool, fun things from you. All right, anyway, this is uh, Man versus Brand. I'm so glad that you guys uh, stayed for this episode. Uh, I love and appreciate everyone who is listening to my voice right now. Please check out what the guys over at Entrine is doing. Thank you all. Have an amazing, amazing day. And we're out. Bye. If this talk just resonated with you or could help someone you know, follow Dion or his guest on all social media platforms. Till next time. And remember, with any business or brand, give it to your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. See you all soon.